0: My name's Mark Kelly. I want to welcome you to Freedom Church and our online Sunday service. I'm so glad that you've chosen to spend the next hour with us, and my hope is that you are encouraged, uplifted, challenged, and motivated. Above all, I pray that you experience God's presence in a very tangible way, even if what we're presenting to you is a virtual church experience. If you've not connected with us before, I wanna welcome you and hope that you feel at home with us. Our services last about 45 minutes to an hour with time for worship and word. And Stu Allen is bringing us part two of a two-part message today, talking about recalibration and taking the opportunity we have right now to evaluate and make changes in our lives. Near the end of today's broadcast we've got the usual information about how we can hang out together via Zoom for 30 minutes, as well as showing you some ways in which you might want to give to Freedom Church financially, so please do stick around until the very end. Now, if you're not already aware, I'd like to let you know that today, Sunday the 5th of July, is the date that the NHS was founded back in 1948. And the whole country is invited to come together at 5pm to applaud all those that have been helping us through the pandemic and recognise the vital community connections that continue to support us all now apparently all the broadcasters are going to suspend their normal transmissions at 5 pm and everyone is encouraged to stop what they're doing and join in with others following social distancing advice of course in their streets or neighborhoods to applaud not just the nhs but all the other key workers and all those who have volunteered or helped to keep our services and community networks going so following the applause why not hang out with your neighbors Ask a few of your family, church family, friends to come around again, observe the rules, uh, enjoy a nice brew together and take some time to reflect on the bonds that have sustained us in recent months and will continue to do so. Thank you, all NHS staff, teachers, key workers, delivery drivers, supermarket staff, refuse workers, volunteers, church communities, and the many, many other organizations and trades that have kept this nation going over these last three months or so. To all of you, and indeed to all of us, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen.
1: Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Spirit, Lord, we come. We are gathered together to lift up your name, to call on our Savior, to fall on your grace. Hear the joyful sound of our offering, as your saints bow down, as your people sing with together to lift up your name, to call on our Savior, to fall on your grace, hear the joyful sound of our
2: everybody, uh, welcome to part two of uh, recalibration, if you like, um, that we've been talking about in lockdown. And I'll just pray before I begin. Holy Spirit, I invite you to order and string together the words of my mouth, the thoughts of my heart. <clears throat> Lord God, I pray for the listeners that their ears would be open to the voice of heaven to all that you're speaking at this time, Father God, that the secrets of heaven that you want to impart to the church will be released, Lord, through these words today. Father God, that they will bring faith, they will bring encouragement, they will bring strength, they will bring vision. Lord, I ask you to breathe by the power of your Holy Spirit and cause, Lord God, fire to come upon your church in this hour and time. Father God, that we might step into your purposes for this end time harvest. In Jesus name. Amen. Wow, that's exciting. So we've been talking about in part one of my talk about recalibration. Please go and listen to last week's broadcast. If you haven't heard it, it will help. And how within this time of lockdown, It's been an opportunity for the church to readjust to the wavelength and the rhythm of heaven. And we talked about changes and adjustments that are that are required in our individual lives to help us to to move forward effectively and fruitfully in this time. And lockdown has lent itself to enable us to make adjustments we've had more time to reflect and there's been less to distract us so that we can really allow the holy spirit to unfold things to us more clearly now i agree it hasn't been the same for everyone and some people who have been in lockdown have been even more busy looking after the kids teaching the kids and trying to deal with a different lifestyle <clears throat> and all that that brings in way of challenge however um We've all been forced into a different pattern of life that has caused us to question and to evaluate what is important for us. And moving forward, we want to take those things of importance with us. Now, for me, I was still going to work and it was actually really emotionally challenging because all day, every day. It was COVID-19. It was very emotionally draining and it went on for weeks. And although I was working, there was still opportunity for reflection because the roads were much quieter. I was knocking 15, even 20 minutes off my journey to work, which was great. Um, And we weren't going out visiting. We weren't doing different things. So there was less time Uh, or there was rather I should say more time to be at home and to be quiet to be still so even though I was working I, I have had that that time to reflect and explore things more and as I thought about what was going on and what was God saying he began to speak to me and I began to find myself finding a new pattern and a new level and rhythm for my own life and I thought I like this <laughs> so my work situation usually takes me out and about every day I'm, I'm dashing about to lots of different schools and hospitals at times and I have um, a very uh, busy and interrupted sort of day but now I couldn't go on these visits so I was stuck at a desk and stuck in the same building for day after day and that was a bit groundhog. I would struggle with that in, in my regu- if that was my regular work. But anyway, there was a quieter undercurrent going on in my life. And out of that, it was as if the Holy Spirit was then saying, at last, I can get through. I can get through on a deeper level and reveal things that I've been longing to reveal, not only to me, but to the church, to my people. How about that? This whole period of lockdown, let us not. underestimate and undervalue what God is achieving in these times and remember God always starts with a seed it's always a small beginning but that can produce a massive oak tree uh, a tremendous heritage so out of lockdown is coming a heritage for our future in the coming days months and years that is going to hold us that is going to produce fruit that is going to be eternal Anyway, so I'm finding uh, a new pattern coming into my life. And as I did, something began to happen. The pace at work started to accelerate. Things started to come against that place of peace I was finding. And things were speeding up. And that place of blessing that I was in began to become eroded. And there was something, come against, something coming against it. And I was troubled that I was going to lose some of the gains that I felt that I'd made. And I started thinking, well, lots of believers and people are still in lockdown at home and aren't going out to work and having that demand upon their lives. It's a different demand, admittedly, but that, that work demand, that merry-go-round of life isn't there still, or well, maybe changed now because we're at the easing of lockdown now. This is the um, end of June as I speak, excuse me. But what I was thinking was that as many people have found more time to pray, more time to study the word, more time with their family, more quality time, that as they go back into workplace environment, they'll find what I was experiencing, help Lord, the closeness with you is disappearing, that that ease of communion with you is, is evaporating, God help, what's going on, you know all of this benefit of lockdown is, is just disappearing before my eyes, so I got to thinking about this and I was thinking well, how are we going to manage, how are we going to Safeguard these truths and these deep things that God has been doing to safeguard them from being stolen away. Once we're on that merry-go-round of life, when the old pressures start to squeeze us back into an unhealthful and unhealthy mould. Lord, I prayed, how do we maintain these adjustments that we've made when the busyness of life kicks back in? How do we preserve that heavenly life you call us to live and walk in? Having been indulged in a quieter pattern of life, how can I and we preserve the rhythm of heaven in our daily lives? Maybe you haven't experienced this in lockdown, it's just been stress all the way and I'm sorry that that's been the case. But God is reaching out to us and if we'll come aside, he will speak to us and help us find that rhythm. So in the middle of all this struggle and turmoil, God brought me to a word in Mark chapter six. Now, this is just my through my daily readings. And it was just, well, what can I say? The word of God is the word of God. It's phenomenal. And God will use a passage that you're over familiar with and suddenly it explodes with new revelation and new dynamism and a now word that is that's what I needed to hear, Lord. (laughs) And so that's what I'm going to share with you as I got excited about that last week on the video. So here we are. So I'm going to read uh, from Mark chapter six from verse 30. And I just want to set a context to this because you'll need it. So Jesus has already sent the twelve disciples out two by two, into the villages and the towns, um, committing them to preach the gospel, to heal the sick, to declare the kingdom of God is at hand. And now they are returning after these exciting uh, adventures. So I'm going to read now and I might pause and break off as I move through and I'm going to finish at the end of the chapter, which is verse 56. So that's where we're heading. But there's lots of deep truth in this. I really hope and pray that you can you can get and you you get as excited as I did as I went through this. So here we go. Verse 30, chapter six of Mark. Then the apostles, that's the the disciples, gathered to Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. And he said to them. Come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going and they didn't even have time to eat. Now, that's maybe a really familiar verse for you. Uh, For me, it leapt out. And that's the thing. In a new context of life, the word speaks something fresh. And this was what he was saying. Here is the secret stew. what I'm saying of how you can carry with you the changes that have come from heaven that you want to preserve come aside and find a deserted place (laughs) it's such a beautiful thing to hear Jesus saying those words to his disciples come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while you know Each one of us need to hear Jesus saying that to us individually. We need to hear his voice saying, Hey, Tom, Joe, Pete, Sue, it's time to come aside. Rest a while. We cannot sustain our Christian walk, our ministry, if you want to call it that, without coming aside and resting. There's a principle in Sabbath that is, uh, it's, it's not law. It is the way, the order of things that God has made that we, we rest on a regular basis. So he's saying, come aside to a deserted place and we each need to find our deserted place. What does it look like for you? What is it? When is it?
1: <clears throat>
2: no phone. No telly, no music, no radio, no distractions. Now, I don't want to make it a clinical formulaic thing, right? I've got to turn all these things off. No, it's about what works for you, where the voices of this world are silenced. And the voice of heaven can be heard. That's what we want to establish. That's what we need to um, cultivate. It's absolutely vital to rest a while. And it's in that place where we get recalibrated again. We will need that continual recalibration back into the rhythm of heaven, because as the pace kicks up, we will lose that rhythm and get caught up with other things. We must embed this practice into our lives. It's absolutely vital as we move out of lockdown. Okay, back to verse 33. Well, verse 32. So they departed to a deserted place in the boat by themselves. But the multitudes saw them departing, and many knew Jesus and ran there on foot from all the cities, towns probably. They arrived before them and came together to him. Oh, wow. So there they are, hoping to head off to a deserted place. Jesus said we can have a break. Wow, this is great. Just have him to ourselves. This is fabulous. Uh, uh, that was the plan. And actually, Jesus said it. The words of Jesus were a commandment. Come aside. It was his plan. He wanted them to go to that deserted place with him to be replenished. But something, something came against that. How often do you find that? You think, right, today I'm really going to devote time to the word or this week. I'm really going to get into the Gospel of Luke or whatever it might be. And, and something crops up and it and it's hijacked. We need to recognise that we do have an enemy. You know, I don't mean to personify the devil here, but the world system is counter to the kingdom of heaven. Everything about it is corrupted and will undermine the building of God's kingdom. There is, if you like, a spiritual gravity that comes upon us when we want to move into a spiritual discipline, to be active in our spiritual life. Anyway, so here we see the multitudes thinking, hey, we know where they're headed. We're going to head off and catch them the pass. They're going to run round the coast. So they're on the, the Lake Galilee. It's probably about 30 miles across, maybe less. It's not a very big lake, but big enough to walk around or from from part to part. Uh, And that's what the people decided to do. I don't know whether they knew where these guys were heading, the disciples were going with Jesus or not. But uh, they were thinking, we think we know where they're off and we're going to ambush them. So they arrived before. And uh, they arrived before them and came together to him. So Jesus, when he came out of the boat, I presume, he saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion for them because they were like sheep not having a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. Now, bear in mind, Jesus has said to the disciples, come aside, we're going off to a deserted place. And this need interrupts and presents itself to Jesus. And he puts to one side his plan for the disciples and he starts ministering. That is such a heart of compassion, <sighs> such a heart of deep love for humanity. <sighs> it's upsetting me, stirring me. Jesus was prepared to divert his plan for the sake of humanity. And that's what he did in his life. He stepped down from that place of heavenly glory into a needy world. To show the way of salvation. And he wants us to be about that as well. Jesus is amazing. Anyway, let's get back to the script. So can't see it now. Let's try again. So Jesus came out and saw them. And verse 35. So this is um, the, the day is unfolding. And it says, now the day was far spent and his disciples came to him and said, you can imagine these disciples, they needed to go to, for rest. And here they are exhausted by what's been going on. And they say to him, this is a deserted place and already the hour is late. Send them away that they may go into the surrounding country and villages and buy themselves bread for them, for they have nothing to eat. <laughs> you can almost feel there's an ulterior motive. Jesus, get rid of them. We're exhausted, please send them away. Uh, they've got nothing to eat. So that they really need to go now, Jesus, they've got to go. We've got a reason now to persuade Jesus to send them away. They kind of knew what they were dealing with in Jesus, that he was so compassionate. He'd have gone up through all night and into the next day ministering. And they're thinking, I don't think we can handle this. Who knows? I speculate. So verse 37, what does Jesus say? You give them something to eat. What? I beg your pardon, Jesus? There's thousands here. What are we going to feed them with? How do they respond? Shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat? And Jesus obviously knew what he was thinking. He was fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. And he says, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they found, they said, well, five loaves and two fish. I'm I'm thinking he might have already done a miracle like this before. So they may be thinking, is he going to do this again? I, I can't recall exactly. So then Jesus commanded, verse 39, to make them all sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in ranks in hundreds and in fifties. And when he had taken the five loaves of the two fish, he looked up to heaven, blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before them. And the two fish he divided among them all. So they all ate and were filled and they took up twelve baskets full of fragments and of the fish. And those who had eaten the loaves were about 5,000 men. I mean, you know, this isn't the reason I'm reading this passage, but hey, whoa, what a miracle. So all this has happened. That must have taken some time to feed 5,000. And that's the men only. There's boys and girls and women. Not in that order of preference or uh, uh, value. Um, It's been a hard time. It's been stewarding out feeding people there's only 12 12 guys so immediately following this Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side to Bethesda sorry I'll say that again Bethsaida well he sent the multitude away so Jesus ministers to the crowd blessing them as they go probably just wanting a last word to bless them with Jesus knows the disciples are tired and they just need to get away. So he sends them off and Jesus, out of that eternal resource with, is within him, just continues blessing them as the thousands depart, hugging them, blessing the children. He was probably there hours doing that. Can you imagine? So he sends them away. And then when he'd sent them away, he departed to the mountain to pray. Here we see this model. Jesus is going aside to replenish. To find that inner strength renewed. Now, when evening came, this is verse 47, the boat was in the middle of the sea and he was alone on the land. And then Jesus saw them straining at rowing for the wind was against them. Now, I think he saw in the spirit. I don't think he saw physically. I don't know. Maybe he was close enough by that point because it says he was walking on the water. Now, about the fourth watch of the night, which is between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. This is a tiring time of night. They're still rowing across the lake. There must have been a strong wind against them. Jesus, at that time, came to them walking on the sea and would have passed them by. I find that amazing. Just part that thought and meditate upon it. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and cried out. They were terrified to think, oh no, oh my word, what is happening? We know this, the fourth watch of the night. This is where things are really spooky. Uh, there's a lot of um, folklore around that time of night and they cry out. They saw him and were troubled, but immediately he talked with them and he said to them, be of good cheer. It's me. Don't be afraid. So. I love that they cried out in terror. They're exhausted. They're they' They just want to be on the other side of the lake and get some kip and maybe something to eat. Well, they've had food, but maybe some rest and they're desperate. They cry out. Now they're seeing supernatural things going on. But immediately Jesus speaks to them. When we cry out in despair, immediately Jesus will speak. Just listen for his voice when you're in trouble, when you're in dire straits, just still your heart. Cry out to him. Yes, but he will respond very quickly. He will hear. He will act. Look for where he's speaking. So Jesus went up into the boat to them and the wind ceased and they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure and marvelled. One of the other, uh, another greatest understatements of scripture For they hadn't understood about the loaves because their hearts were hardened. And moving on, verse 53. They crossed over. And when they had crossed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret and anchored there. Just underline that. And when they came out of the boat, immediately the people recognised him ran through that whole surrounding region and began to carry about on beds those who were sick to wherever they heard he was, wherever he entered into villages, cities, or the country. They laid the sick in the marketplace and begged him that they might just touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched him were made well." So we see they cross over the lake and it all starts all over again. The melee, the busyness, the clamouring, the the pleading, the begging, Son of David, have mercy on me, heal me, Lord. Oh, Jesus, teach us, teach us from the Word, teach us from the Bible, teach us from the the Tanakh, I think it's called, um, and explain these truths we've never understood. Our Pharisees don't teach us the way you do. It's all kicking off again. Oh my goodness, back into it. Help, Lord. I need the energy to meet this head on. Well, I just want to show you some little secrets that I, I, I spotted as I was reading through this. So when you go back to verse 45, at the end of that previous episode of multitudes and feeding them, Jesus told the disciples to get into the boat and to go off to Bethesda. Beth, Bethsaida. Now, that is the. it's called the house of fishing. It's almost like. Go off to that place of evangelism. I'm setting you off over there now. However, they don't end up there, do they? They end up at Gennesaret. And it says they anchored there. Now, just pause the scripture. Don't go further. Just stop there because Holy Spirit is saying something here to stop at. How is it they didn't end up at Bethsaida? Who knows? The wind blew them. Maybe the Holy Spirit wind took them to a different place. And I just want to show a little secret. Gennesaret means harp shaped. And obviously comes from the root word for harp. And wherever you look in scripture about harps it's always or almost always in the context of worship, music, singing and the worship of God. And look at this verse, what does it say? When they crossed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret and anchored there. They came to the land of worship. They came to the land of ministering unto the Lord in song and worship and anchored there. Now I just wanna, I think that's just beautiful, don't you think? Don't you wanna say la at that point? I just want to uh, expand a little bit on what the, the word there, anchored there, it's another word, it's drew. But I just want to stick uh, to, just get a little bit of a deeper revelation here. It also means to tie anchor, to lull, to moor to, to land at, draw to the shore. So there's this imagery of coming into, A new place, a place of worship, and pausing in this place, stopping in this place. God wants us to come to the land of Gennesaret on a regular basis. He wants us to moor at the place of worship. This is the place of renewal. This is the place of replenishment And I know in lockdown we haven't been able to gather. It's been, I think that's probably one of the biggest things I've missed, corporate worship. And it's been a discipline to create that place for myself where I'm worshipping in song with music. But it isn't just that. I do want to say it isn't just that. If you look in scripture, the first mention of worship, there's no singing, there's no dancing, there's no... Uh, instruments it's where Abraham offers up Isaac his only son his dearly beloved son he waited 90 years plus for the promised child and God challenges Abraham to give him up to surrender him that is worship where we lift God higher than every other value every other distraction every other pull in our lives That is the place of worship and music and singing and singing songs of worship can really elevate and help us get to that position and place where we can ultimately be in his presence to be refilled and refueled to marvel at his wonder and his love. And to be renewed. So this is what I believe God is speaking to us. The place where we can hear God better and we can be recalibrated on a regular basis when the pace of life kicks back in. And we can reset with the ways of heaven. What I've brought is a time that we need to give consideration to this. We need to train ourselves to anchor in the place of worship. Get your CDs on zone out into his presence it it is the most important the most important place in our lives Jesus is looking for worshippers those who will worship him in spirit and in truth and we truly need to be those who worship him It will be the only thing that sustains us in the days ahead, that we have found our sanctuary with the Father, where we can find that solace and peace and the fuel and the energy to meet the needs of the world that clamour to know God, because that is coming. The harvest is coming. Heavenly Father, I ask you to breathe on us in this whole area, of personal worship. Holy Spirit minister to the people as we come from this time. Fellowship with us and us with you in Jesus name. Amen. So God bless you all and thank you for taking the time to listen. Amen and Amen.
0: Thank you, Stu, and the word that you've brought to us over these last two weeks. It's actually in the diary for us to hear from Ian Russell next Sunday, so hopefully there'll be no video issues and we'll have uh, that sorted and ready to go. I'm very much looking forward to hearing from Ian, and for those of you who know him, I'm sure you are too. As always, there are more opportunities to get together. And one of those is Monday Musings, where we take an hour from 8pm to chat about well, Sunday sermon. If you're a church member, you'll get a text with the Zoom details on it. But if you'd like to join in and you're not yet a part of Freedom Church, why don't you contact me, Mark. <laughs> Mark at myfreedom.church. Request an invite and I'll be in touch. Why don't you come and chat and hang out with us from 12.15, again via Zoom, and the meeting ID number will be on your screen soon. So jump on 5, 15, 30. it'd just be great to say hello and have a catch up. As always, if you're watching this on YouTube, please like the video, subscribe to the channel, and tap, click the notification bell. The more people that do that, more people might need to hear today's message, we'll get it presented to them by YouTube's algorithms. And if you're watching this on Facebook, why don't you please like the video and please, we'd love you to like our Facebook page as well. And for both platforms, share the links on your social media feeds. If you'd like to get in touch just generally, then email us at hello at myfreedom.church. Well, bless you all. I pray you have a great week. and See you soon.